I don't know, man. I mean, I'm kind of sad. Hello, this is Them David Simon and Nina Noble. We are the executive producers now. of The Wire, man, the show on HBO. A few of you may have seen it. Man, this is episode bad. one of season three. The theme of this season was reform and potential for reform. Not only political reform, but social reform and personal reform. And we were looking at the idea of a police commissioner, a renegade police commissioner, who would legalize drugs within his precinct. Every season, if you look at the first scene of every season, uh, it is, in fact, a metaphor for the entire season, as was this. Uh, we were using the idea of a housing project being demolished, presumably for a new and more vibrant Baltimore, as being a, a metaphor for reform. And we were taking a glancing blow as well at the idea of um, the post-911 world. There is also in this season a drug war that occurs between the established Barksdale uh, family, the Barksdale gang, and a new insurgency run by Marlo Stanfield that was a metaphor, again, for Iraq. So there was a lot going on. You basically need to take very careful notes and voluminous notes and maybe a couple postgraduate courses, or you just got to watch carefully, one of the two. Yeah, it's interesting how every season we have... Um some of our established characters, like here we have uh, Bodhi and and, Poot, and we revisit where they've where they've been and where they're going, and then we have our new characters this year. Glenn Turman is uh, Mayor Royce. Right, oh, marrying the old to the new. Mm-hmm. And again, in order to uh, address the idea of a police commander doing such a outrageous thing as legalizing drugs, we needed to create a political dynamic. And so we needed to finally meet the mayor and the people who might be arrayed against him politically. Shit, I feel like I don't got no home there. just moved your mom up the Poplar Road, didn't Obviously, the metaphor here is if you go back and listen to the dialogue, which we've just talked over, the commentary on Poot continually getting the clap and continually doing the same thing, so he has to go back to the clinic and get treated for the clap. It's made symbolic of uh, our own political logic and uh, the fact that we just keep voting for the same stupid shit. Exactly. All right, everyone, count with me. You know how did how did Baltimore react when you told them you wanted to blow up a couple of buildings? I'll let you do anything. This this is your town, isn't it? Well, I mean, I think it. I'll let you watch this uh, this building blowing up. It's pretty realistic, you know, and the people did a good job of uh, reacting, but actually this was all done in post-production. It's computer-generated um, demolition. Those buildings are they're still standing over there on the west side of Baltimore. The, the, the seniors would not have appreciated it if they had blown up their building. No. They'll let us do certain things in this town, but... Smoke was ours. Okay, that's reform. How do you like it? Theme song uh, this year, uh, the Neville Brothers. Uh, the song is always uh, Tom Waits is Down in the Hole. 
but every year a different artist, which suggests that every year the tonality and the um, content of the show change. Same show, different story. We've incorporated some, some shots to suggest the themes of uh, the new season within the sequence. Right. There are certain, certain signature shots that we're going to keep for the run. Mm-hmm. He got fired in the field at his command. All those phone numbers you just saw, they all have to be cleared, don't they? You know, they have to be cleared legally. What would happen if, say, we used some numbers and it turned out they weren't cleared? Well, yeah, that, that's right. That means that uh, someone would be getting a lot of phone calls from fans of the show. That's right. So. Um, sometimes we, we, we learned last year that sometimes even though we reserve phone numbers, they're not reserved forever. And so 100 years from now, those phone numbers might not even be cleared. Right. No. Since DVDs last forever, that's right. Just you know, keep keep yeah. calling those numbers and tell your grandchildren to call those numbers, and <laughs> eventually you might reach somebody. <laughs> might be Stringer Bell. You never know. It might be. I love the guy on the bike. I love that guy. We had to fight for him. Yeah, remember? Yeah. <sighs> Fuck! Step in dog shit. You hope. Here we are in a, a real Baltimore row house. It was vacant. Doesn't exist on any Hollywood back lot. Right. It was filled up with actual garbage and actual dog shit and actual vile smells. Jeez. And fleas. And fleas. And we emptied all that out and cleaned it and then put in our own vile stuff and fake dog shit and fake fleas. That's right. No fleas, actually, but if we needed fleas, they would have been... Fake. Right. Or trained. Animatronic. Right. Animatronic, please. You know what? You know what a vacant Baltimore row house would cost on a set in Los Angeles? I researched this actually. Really? More than twenty five hundred? Four point two million dollars. Really? Yeah. They'd be able to fly, but you know. Saddle up and put another bat on fly it. Settle up and put another bat. But what was that last part? Gold Coast Slave Ship Pound for Cotton He need to deal with me today, or I'm going to take it to someone who can handle him. Girl, you do have an ear. See, another cleared number. Thank God we get that right. We'd be in so much trouble. Method Man. Yep. When, when, method. Me- when Method Man shows up on set, what do you call him? Uh, do, you, do you say Method? Method? Do you do? Uh, yeah. Some people call him Mr. Man. Mr. Man? Yeah. See, I can't go with Mr. Man. Mr. Man sounds, you know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be respectful, but I'm also trying to, like, be halfway down, you know, so. Well, what's his real name? Derek? You know, I don't want to go there either. Yeah. You know, I, so, I, and I don't want to say Method. You know what I say when I see him coming? Hey! That's what I say. I admit it's weak, but that's what I can do. Anyway, he's a good actor. Yeah. And a pro. And Herc takes the alley to cut that off from Calvin. So me and Truck go up the wrong way on Stricker Street? You got a badge, remember? 
And we're doing the same one block over, so they can't I love when we can stay wide on a shot for a long period of time. I love how this is sort of semi backlit. I just love how long we stayed wide. Fuck him. We let him go and jack every other motherfucker who stays. Let's mount up. He's a complicated man. The only one that understands him is his woman. True that. Seek therapy. See, and this this could have backfired so so badly this sequence, but these guys did a great job with yeah. the song. The song is the comedic glue that holds the scene together. Ben Bush, Major Ben Bush, veteran of two tours in Iraq. He just got back, so he can start filming uh, season four. He was in Ramadi, which is different from Baltimore in that. Wait, it's it's not like West. It's more like East Baltimore. Well, I think he didn't have to go to makeup and hair before he went to work in Iraq. That's right. Different. Lost him. Rear Stricker, 800 block. Clear on rigs. Oh. I like that shot. You guys really did a lot of good work while I was sitting in the trailer trying to write episode two that season. When I came out and looked at this thing assembled, hey. Actually, we shot about five extra minutes. of the chase. Like, if we put all the pieces of the chase sequence together, it was five minutes longer. I'm like, right. I'm lying, I'm dying. And it just turned, you know, HBO said, I think correctly so. It was a note they gave us, it was good. It was like, uh, guys, this is going on a little while, you know. But what we were trying to build here um, was almost a, a Baltimore answer to the apocalypse. Now the scene where uh, uh, Robert Duval wants his soldier to, uh, wants to have Lance surf Charlie's Point, And he napalms an entire tree line and attacks a, a village. Uh, to take to take the uh, surfing point away from the Viet Cong, mm-hmm. and although we're not going shot to shot with that logic, obviously, and it's not as grandiose, uh, the, the same logic applies. The the over uh, stimulated police response to one kid running with one bag of dope. There's Seth Gilliam. We do not lose, and we do not forget, and we do not give up. So you've seen a, uh, you've seen canine units, marked units, the helicopter, unmarked units, all pursue a kid that they're now going to have to search the weeds for for another two hours. Welcome to the drug, welcome to the American drug prohibition. How many cops do you think we'd like to do with Seth Stern right now? Um, many of them in Baltimore do, but they're often like, you know, in, in their basements with a beer in their hand. <laughs> Sure told him. 
with these towels down. Uh, we, we got more. The rest of them low rises. We got more oh, laughter out of this Robert's Rules of Order thing. Take him. Take him how, Mr. Bodie? You say fucking and take him. Nigga, you ain't got the floor. Chair recognize your ass. Take him how? I don't know. Just let them fade niggas know, you know, we serious, right? Uh, no, three-year theme of Stringer Bell was somebody uh, arriving or, or working his way up in an industry that was uh, in some ways very violent and anti-rational. And he was trying to rationalize it and make it coherent and conforming to nothing more rational than, than Adam Smith's or, or uh, the rules of Keynesian economics. Too many economics classes and business classes. Product. Chair recognized Slim Chuck. A little bit of education is a dangerous thing. There's Anwan Glover. got this yeah. somewhere, don't it? It's great. I mean, all the product in the world don't mean nothing if you're constantly getting your ass whipped for standing on another fool's corner. When Anwan would move, his, uh, we had six of the towels on the his dreads, the uh, shells in his dreads would sometimes, you would hear them. And it was so enjoyable to us that I think the editors took to sweetening it so that sometimes when he would move his head, if they didn't hear the dreads, they would actually add it sound-wise. After real estate, twice the product. And our profit went up like 8 9%. Yo, get it straight. Your territory ain't going to mean shit if your product is weak. Go ahead and ask them motherfuckers. Time to give Idris credit for a great three-year run. Riding around in Japanese and German cars yeah. in America all day. Territory ain't shit. Especially when you consider it's the fight for the territory that we bring in the He took great care in writing the character, but he then brought it home, I have to say. Yeah, but how are we going to stand? Yo, she ain't recognize your ass, man. <laughs> how are we going to stand on some... Come on, man. How are we going to stand on some corner that's not ours? Well, we got the best product, right? So the chances are we gonna be able to bring in the competition by offering the re-up with us from our package. You feel me? Everybody making money sharing the real estate. Slim Charles. But what if they don't cop our re-up though? Well, I'm gonna worry about that when it happens. The thing I have to say about Slim Charles, then, is, Charles is, there, is, is there a more real guy in this movie? I'm not sure. He's just yeah, and one is a uh, go go singer. Do you see go go being the uh, uh, the opera R and B form of the last twenty five years in, in Washington? Y'all niggas need to start looking at the world. Yeah, a lot of people probably don't realize how how British Idris is in real life. I mean, he did a great job with his uh, with his accent. It's not even fair that he's British. I mean, you know, he can get any girl in the room just by being Idris and doing it in the Baltimore way. He throws in the English accent. It's like it's a joke. Everybody. Come on, stop. It's not fair. True, and he didn't even take off his shirt at this point, did he? No, no. He's like playing with it. He's like playing with half the... He gets dealt half the cards, and he wins the hand. It's not even fair. Nice look on you. Dress for success. Oh, I watched that motherfucker cheese take re-ups, move weight all day, and not once did he go near a fucking telephone. Close as it comes is a call to a hanger on cell phone ten feet away. Which brings me back to what I was just discussing with the lieutenant. 
So far, we've been up on some of these cell phones for nearly six months. The only drug talk we have is from street-level small fry. So the feeling is that maybe... We knew we were going to pair uh, Roman and Daniels this season. And so these first scenes before it actually happened, uh, we were trying to create a, uh, a sense of... Um, camaraderie of, of, of two people who are growing closer on the job. She's the one who picks up on the fact that he's out of the house, that a lot of his stuff is in boxes or flying around the office. She's staying, you know, it's obviously a late night scene, and yet they're in the office talking business. There's another later look in this episode when they're sort of standing in the, in the squad room uh, where you sense some, some sexual tension between them. So you must be Castor. Yes, sir. Officer Aaron Castor. You any kidding to Lloyd Castor? Yes, sir. It's my uncle. That's a shout-out to the real Lloyd Castor. Used to be a detective in uh, CID Narcotics. Do you know who you are? Uh, we knew we wanted Robert Wisdom for this role. We first encountered him uh, reading for a part, the part of Blue in the uh, in the corner. And as it turned out, uh, that didn't come off. He, he he was not part of that production. But I did remember what a strong read he gave, not only on tape but on callback. And uh, Bob and I kept him in mind. And, and I know you, I know you remembered him, you know, from then when we we, uh, we were thinking of how to cast that show. Right. And so we. Uh, we actually we actually put him in a cameo as the Western District Commander in season two. I think it's episode seven or eight. Or he comes to the scene of that shooting where the the bystanders been killed in his bedroom by the stray bullet. We knew where we were going third season. We knew we wanted him to play this signature role. Just a wonderful actor. And uh, the corner for those of you keeping score was a uh, six part six hour miniseries. Filmed in Baltimore in uh, in two thousand nineteen ninety nine. Aired in 2000. Yeah, Won a bunch of Emmys. I believe it's available on DVD. I think it is. I think it is, too. And uh, some of our actors, Clark Peters, Corey Parker Robinson, who uh, are in The Wire, also right. you can see in the corner in very different roles. Very different roles. Yep. In fact, we sort of had a rule, actually a casting rule early on. That's right. What was our rule? That's right. If you if you played a cop on the on the corner, you couldn't be a cop in The Wire. You had to be a drug, drug addict or drug, drug dealer. dealer. Right. And the opposite was true. If you played a bad guy in, or a street guy in the... Uh, really messed up some of the actors' heads, I think, it for did. a while. <laughs> it did. To say nothing of our local casting. That's right. Director. That's right. Pat Moran uh, is our local casting director. Uh, Pat's, Pat's an institution here in Baltimore. She's uh, worked with John Waters and, and just, just been here for years. And uh, some, some of the people are actors. That, that come to our office, and uh, we've always insisted on a lot of real people, um, people from the city who are not traditionally trained actors coming coming into Pat. Everybody has to read for Pat, you know, at some point or another if you want to work on the show. Right, and since the the size of the cast on The Wire has grown to the point where I think there's about a one-to-one ratio between the population of Baltimore and our, our, and our cast, everyone eventually will be played by somebody on the wire. And so when you say everybody has to come and read for Pat, you're not kidding, are you? Unless you read for Alexa. Right. You can read. Alexa Fogel's our but you're going to be in the show. New York. You're going to be playing somebody in the show somewhere. It's, but, you know, by the time we get to fifth season... There won't be anyone left. No, that's it. We're done. You know, we're going to run out of people. What? What's this town? 600,000? Yeah. I think I got half of them in the movie already. I think so. You know, and that's that's the other rule we have is that once you're once you're 
in the wire and you're established even if you're a one day player if you're established as a character then you're you can't come back as somebody else that's right right you, you can't come back as a politician once you've been a, a drug fiend yeah. well wait that I can, we can actually write that that well, one yeah. could, okay. but you'd have to be okay. the same drug fiend like running for office that's right yeah. okay. and you have to stay in your district <laughs> It has to be council manic. Hey, hey, out there, jump man, we gotta vote past Kmart. Definitely. One last question, Commissioner. Looking back over the past. This is the real months, Baltimore City Council uh, Chamber. Felony breakdowns correctly. You've Nina? been seeing an uptick in Where shootings and serious assaults in the district, especially. Can we assume that now built it on set? Uh, you can only hope. Let me throw that over. Anything gets the wire, anything can happen. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure he's got a handle on our response. I do indeed. Councilman Thomas J. Carchetti is in not modeled on Martin O'Malley. I say that unequivocally. I say it on the record. I say it time Did anybody think that? Additionally, we've put the district time and time again, it would keep mm. creeping into the local papers that he was uh, a surrogate. And um, like everybody else on The Wire, he contains, you, the character contains elements of Anything real else? people, but These, often uh, real people councils. mixed up. Ten and fifteen times over. Mm -hmm. I keep saying it. The more I say it, people believe me less. Irv. Hey, you don't mind? I'd like to get with you about a couple things. Can we get lunch? <laughs> Glad to, Mr. Chairman. How about Warner's in half hour? Half hour. See Watkins in the back. Yeah. Who was that skirt with him? That's him there in the orange. That's Drac. Oh, there's Drac. There's Drac. Our last best hope. Talking as motherfucker I ever you sure it's heard Drac? Wire, I don't know. Should we yeah, put some graffiti near him that says it's Drac? Should we also say he's wearing an orange shirt? Yeah, it might help. Let's go close on him. Now let's hear his voice. Um, we're joking because one of the struggles in the first episode is to try to make everybody understand who everybody is. It's a very complicated show. It's very furtive, um, much like surveillance. And so you're in situations where if you explain everything, you ruin it. And yet, here, now we have a picture of him. There are a lot of people who were confused. Yeah. So we put as many cues as to what was going on in the story, names, visual imagery as we possibly could. Which is funny because Drac, you know, ultimately didn't matter this right. season. Right. <laughs> this is all just trying to make it make sense within one episode. Yeah. <laughs> hey, people, sometimes we need a scorecard. You know what I'm saying? 20 and 2. Now this, this line works. You all know he ain't got pants. Because he doesn't look up. And there's Dominic standing. The guy looks by. up, he ruins the joke. When he finally gets up to meet building the president, blocks of comedy people. Building blocks of comedy. Grabs his belt, yanks it up. Secret service must have shit. She says, Hey Mr. President, remember me? And Carter actually remembers this sure Dominic DePietro from Baltimore on the campaign trail. And Dominic doesn't miss a beat. He puts a finger in Jimmy Carter's face and says, So where's that money you promised me three years ago to fix up my streets and alleys? Unbelievable. <laughs> That's nothing. After losing to Reagan, Carter comes back here to speak at a Jefferson Jackson dinner or something, and Dominic is ushered up to him. Carter asks about his health, and Dominic says, 
You son of a bitch, I'm still waiting on that money for my streets and alleys. Come on, man. No shit. Carter's just grinning through those big teeth. Some guy grabs Dominic's arm, and off he goes. Guy says, Christ, Dominic. He just called the president of the United States an SOB. He shrugs, he says, fuck him. I don't need him. He lost. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. And that is from whence I come. Proud son of the fighting first district. Mm. But the truth is, I don't want to be just another Muldoon like Dominic DiPietro, warming the backbench. Not with the way things are right now in the city. We're losing 10, 12,000 residents a year. And when you ask them why they're moving to the county, you know what they say? Schools. And crime. Schools and crime. And there goes our tax base right across the line. And the mayor's acting like a 10% bump in the murder rate is business as usual. Check, please. You know what? If you were smart, you'd come to me when the mayor shorts you on hiring, on equipment, on overtime, on cars. You get the shit under the stick. You come nice to, to me. see Frankie Burrell uh, out of the office. The yeah, publicly, yeah, but we have to. He's often just uh, trapped in that commissioner's suite. Yeah. Kind offer. Irv, I can help you. And we can turn this but thing around. But long ago, around. when I was just starting out in the department, I had the good fortune to be... We love to see themes uh, go between seasons. And right now... And continue throughout the run of the show and, and, and be consistent about that. And one of the great sort of uh, fundamental themes of the police chain is chain of command. So the idea that he would invoke it to a politician to parry away Porchetti. We love the, the use of the phrase chain of command because how, how much it featured in the first season. So what do you need to see me for? Did we film this, Lena? Yeah. This was fun. We, we took a couple huh? field trips to uh, to Lorton to get these prison scenes. I know it be first. Close down prison. South of uh, Washington, above yeah. Richmond. And, you know, night at the Best Western. You guys were roughing it. Bob was roughing it, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I did get him a bottle of uh, Pinot Grigio from the. Uh, 7-Eleven across the street. <laughs> Had to make sure I got down there before 10 when they closed. I think there'll be other places this season uh, on the DVDs to speak to, uh, especially episode three, but... This is the first episode of The Wire that uh, you and I had to do without Bob. Uh, Bob Cosbury, our, our... But it's three, it's not partners, it's... Trio. Trio. And uh, he passed away in between season two, season three, during uh, complications from surgery. And he was the he was the creator of the visual template of the show. And and we felt obliged to uh, not only obliged, we we really wanted to try to sustain uh, what he had tried to do with the show visually and to and to carry it on. And, it's not easy, you know. You, you sometimes you figure out everything that somebody is contributing when they're not there anymore. It's one of those you miss your water when the well's dry. And well, luckily he had all those yellow pads. That's what saved me in those first <laughs> couple of weeks. Bob, Bob wrote down everything. He was so meticulous. Yeah. I knew every 
how how he thought and what he felt about every scene, every director. I mean, everything right. was it was great. Right. He 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 was nothing if not prepared. He, I, I never saw him go into a scene without uh, diagrams and shot lists and and right when you were when you were looking to hire directors for third season, Bob had uh, adventured an opinion on just about everything in order, right? Yeah, I mean that was. That was a strange thing. I had a couple of people calling me and saying, you know, Bob said he was going to hire me this year. If it weren't for those pads, I'd have no way of knowing if they were lying or not. Yeah. <laughs> the man left behind notes. It really was a pleasure, not just this, but the corner. Yeah. Working with him. We had the 20, you know? We had to go buy some pants. But so if you just so if you just take the short money, we'll, we'll get back at you tomorrow, man. We'll get you on the comeback. All right, new pants. So we want two for sixteen. Trying to get two, man. Trying to get two. This young motherfucker. He had this, this idea of his character, Boo, that had the, uh, the inhaler, right. which is a real thing. Yeah, there's a lot of asthma in the inner city. But for a kid to play that without having asthma. It's a little Yeah, warm. it didn't quite work the way we wanted, I have to say. At these prices, I can't afford more phone surveillance. I'm aware of that. And right now, the plan is to go for a hand-to-hand on one lieutenant a couple rungs down for Proposition Joe. And then roll the lieutenant up. It's amazing how symbiotic a we don't think production is. Uh, somebody comes up with an idea, and if it's a good one, the other departments roll with it. We walked into Burrell's dressed set of an office when he was deputy commissioner and there were all those golf trophies and i remember vince perrano the art director saying he just saw this as being maybe something Burrell could have differently and we all looked at him we looked at the trophies and and it it just was like yeah we do it all the time okay (laughs) three years later he's gripping a nine iron like speaking of promotions i sent yours over to the hall as promised and oh the mayor's holding it up my understanding is he wants to know what your wife is doing. My wife? Yeah. There's a rumor that she's going to take a run of the council seat. Maybe try to knock off Yonetta Perkins. Well, that's my wife's business. Yes, it is. There's but a the wonderful mayor, inside joke here running through the season, which is Marla Daniels ends up running against an uh, incumbent councilman from West Baltimore named Yonetta Perkins. Uh, the big rap on Unit is that she barely shows up for work anymore. She's an absentee councilman. We don't actually see Unetta Perkins. No, we just see her nameplate. We see her nameplate at various <laughs> meetings. She's never there. We never actually encounter her until the last, one of the last scenes of episode 13. That's right. She'll turn up. When is she supposed to bring him over to you? Middle of fourth. Dad, can I have a hot dog? Yeah, as soon as the guy comes around. That's the most real moment in the movie. <laughs> this is quite interesting. I think they gave us one day. Yeah. You know, there was one day within our schedule when we could have this. Right, when we could get in for a home game. Damn. They got great seats. I think it was Wendell who requested a kid, wasn't it? Yeah. Wendell said, I should take one of my kids there to the game. And we, and we ran around at the last minute. We got we got Bunk Jr. And, and uh, that, that was such a lot. That was just such a wonderful little moment. Comes to an Orioles game in a suit, spends half the time on a cell phone. Downtown lawyer, something wealthy like that. (laughs) 
wish we had more of it. Long way to go for half a shot. It'll be better tomorrow, Bubs. Well, I don't think we're talking about tomorrow. Tomorrow ain't shit. Today, Johnny. Today. I hunted down all that metal, lugged it around like a dog. And nearly get killed over a scratch of metal so that I gotta beg for my life. Lost my trousers, man, my fucking trousers. And then I'm begging again for half a shot. What's going on with that lighting? You know? Day is a night. It's hard to say. I guess it's that sodium vapor glow. It's Baltimore orange. These are great. We're practically on the field. Yeah, my friend um, Dennis, he gets company seats every now and then. Where are you seeing? My great regret is that I was not able to work an anti-Yankee joke. No, no, you've got so many seen you all week now. I hate the Yankees. Take your jackets off, because Sean's just getting over a cold, okay? Jimmy, right? Dennis Kerber. And here we have the boyfriend who's so unlike McNulty in, in every way that he can't, he just can't possibly compete. Can we think from the stand? But McNulty was uh, intimidated in some way, just, just with somebody so different. Yeah. He's like, I don't get it. Well, it's like this, Jimmy. He has a job and he doesn't drink and he doesn't fuck around. Is that it? The real ex-police commissioner in Baltimore. Many know the tale. And his long, his big line is coming up. Yeah. Shooting on the west side. Another one. Christ, where? North and Pulaski. Cole's up. Ah, Cole's working at cutting off Belvedere. Call Crutchfield. See if he's back from the Westport scene. Crutchfield. If not, call Bunk at home. That voice on the other end of the dispatch. Hey, fuck his off day. Here it comes. Love this town. Another interesting thing, even though Detective Cole, being Bob Colesbury, was already was dead, you know, that we kept it, we kept him alive for a little right. while. That's he right. Was out there. Well, we were planning a big send off for him in mm-hmm. episode three, mm-hmm. so uh, nobody knew where he was for a while. Man. Office. Yeah. I'm at the ball game. The ball game. Yeah, what about Cole? Call him. Uh, I. Can you believe this? They caught five tonight. They're telling me I got to come in on Kids my have the sleepy look of late innings, don't they? Five, City's jumping bad, man. Okay, listen. I gotta go to work, all right? All right. Mr. Jimmy's gonna. Ooh! He's gonna take him home. I'm sorry, that's a little bunk. I don't care who his natural parents are, he belongs to Wendell now. The risk of doing a scene like that 
is that you never know who's going to be on the Orioles by the time the thing airs in September. Between free agency and trades, and who knows? I love this shot. This is what was at stake. This is the Baltimore that. I mean, I love row houses, and if you're from around here, you know that they've destroyed and gutted and bulldozed a lot of the vacant ones. And even though they're vacant, you you just want to think that one day they're all going to come back, and it's just so sad. City's been emptied of people. And there's so much care and work that went into them. You can see the craft yeah. of them when you go in. Yeah. That gray stuff on top of the red brick there on those two row houses, that's formstone. For those of you that have seen the movie Tin Men by Barry Levinson, that's the real stuff those guys were selling. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you never you got to protect your brick. Your, your basic red brick, it's vulnerable. <laughs> you got to put some brick over top of the brick. Take your time, Major. Can you believe that cocksucker Carcetti thinking I'm a... Comstat is a real um, management technique that has invaded the halls of uh, law enforcement. It began in New York. Uh, it was a 38 recorded and has since moved so around the country. I guess if you're in favor of it, what it tries to do is teach accountability and make everybody specifically accountable for territory and for posts and precincts. It's also a form of brutalizing your underlings and keeping them in terror. God damn it, Marvin. Did you just to explain why you didn't get on top of this shit? Did I'd like to have Bill Rawls as a father. I don't think you know what the word means. When I look at the 24s and plainly see that some 38 caliber asshole is raping your entire district, all the way from Greenmount to fucking Edison Highway. It's policing like that that makes it possible for us to get hit with five fucking homicides in a yep. single fucking night, people. Our assistant director had a, had a cameo when we had all men show up and somebody That's realized right. it at the last minute. We knew a female officer. That's right. I believe her. I've seen her in command, too. Because we don't want to be forcing this. I've been stroking this guy for two months, man. That's not what he asked you. This guy is ripe and ready, Kim. It ain't no thing. They're about ready. This is one of those moments where we're trying to hint at something coming, but we try to be really subtle with it, not, not take the scene farther than it should go. She notices he's living out of the office, and then the button out of this when they leave the office, when the, when the team leaves the office, is the, is, the, is the implied moment of two people a little awkward around each other because they're, they're feeling something. I love moments like that. You know, you don't pay them off until you're ready to pay them off. man, ain't nothing light. It's just settled is all. Hey, man, if it does what it should, I'm going to come back to you for three, maybe four weeks. Yeah, that could work. You good, then? You good. That's it. Take him down. <laughs> the reason we didn't show you all the adventure of putting the guns on them and putting them on their knees and police, police, police is that um, the cops show and every other uh, police drama has ruined that. We have no interest in Shut the fuck up. in that which uh, is mm-hmm. the grist for the cop drama. We really don't. Not because we're superior. We're just determined not to make a hit show. 
I could have shot this in a pretty nice part of Bolton Hill. I think we uh, brought the dumpster in there to try to help sell the. That was, that was that was our dumpster. I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, we had to shoot this in a nice area uh, because of some scheduling conflicts. We actually had a real messed up area for it, didn't we? Yeah, we did originally. Yeah, over by the American Brewery. Has anyone noticed that in her spare time she's always clipping coupons? No. <laughs> Another consistent detail. For two weeks. We think about this stuff, people. We spend hours thinking about this stuff. This is over listening to a candidate for elevation. It's just hard to go home again, huh? Yeah. Whenever you see country, he's always listening to 70s soul. I heard about you, man. Yeah. He's old school. Your name used to ring out. You got something for me? Sweat shorty sitting there right there. You'll find a little help. But when you're ready... The actor that plays Shamrock, Richard Burton, works for City Hall. Runs the Mayor's Believe campaign. Mm-hmm. We didn't know it when we hired him, right? We weren't trying to, we weren't trying to goof on anything. Absolutely not. Cuddy can't believe they just left it out in the open there for him, but. In addition to uh, Bob, just looking at this, I see uh, the work of Uta Brieschwitz, our, uh, our director of photography. I think something that people notice about the show is how different it looks. In the teaser, you just have this idea that you've spent a lot of time with, with these characters, and even though not every every line is uh, is on camera, you really ha- have a sense of the place and of the relationship between the guys, and I think she really she really created this with the camera being part of it. Absolutely. Uh, I heard you describe it one time as as, uh, as being that the camera's kind of like slithering, like a snake in the grass kind of. It doesn't make uh, grandiose moves. It doesn't fish for things that may or may not be there. It's not It's not the swish pan of, of document, documentary type feel, but it is moving. It's a subtle um, suggestion of trying to find its way in and through a scene that I, I just thought, uh, you know, if she created that template along with Bob, she deserves a lot of credit. This was the Ashburton house. Daniels have had a few different homes. Ashburton is a, a, an upper-middle-class neighborhood, predominantly African-American, in Baltimore City. And I mention that because if you watch The Wire and you just keep looking at the sections of East and West Baltimore where we do a lot of our work, you might mm-hmm. not think it was, you know... Uh, you live in Butcher's Hill and I live in Federal Hill and it's both in Baltimore City. Right? That's true. So. So the city's actually very varied and there are reasons to live here. I swear, you can come and you can bring your kids. You just have to watch them really carefully. Well, you think the man might respect my shit enough to let me step up, but it ain't even go like that. Why not? You gonna give the boss corner to that all brand nigga cheese? And you know what? Joe's my uncle and shit. I mean, I'm kin to the fat motherfucker. That idiot works for us, he'd be a deputy commissioner by now. There ain't no luck at all to this case. 
And how, in all good conscience, can I, Ooh, as chairman of this subcommittee, authorize any more above the line Let's come down. <laughs> it's clear enough from the data in front of me that that money is not going to go to line officers or working detectives, but has been used to pay for drivers and clerical and, and Jesus, look at this. So the two colonels and three majors can attend a community policing seminar in Miami, Florida. Mr. Chairman. What does South Beach have to teach this department about making Baltimore a safer place, Commissioner? I have no idea, and you Good have rolls. no idea, and it is an embarrassment. <laughs> John Doman is just, even in React, John Doman is fun to Cedric, watch. they're gone. That's a tough couch to sleep on, I gotta tell you. I want to thank you for this. No problem. It's not easy, I know. But they seem to think it matters that I present myself as... I'm fine with it. All those years you were all about my career. Well, it's the least I can do, right? Damn, that's cool. Good night. Yeah. Just going out through the back door. Hey, who blocked that shot? We're not holding anything up in this district. Repaving. Foot patrols, street set for season three. Yeah. He's yeah, getting his office. Beautiful. Unless yeah. it's not did about a great job with this. It's about him. Maybe he's got big eyes for something. When the show wraps, do I get like this whole all the furniture and everything? Not me, not the chairs and the wall books. Not in this town. Can you set up no, those flats in my house? Whiter, sure, no problem. But if that's it, come on <laughs> with it. it right in fact, over. please, Jesus. Or maybe John the Baptist. Soften you up for someone else. And if he's going to bang us on crime. Bang me on crime. Look, is there any way for you to talk to this guy? Keep him from crawling up my ass? He's old first district. Not a lot of favors we can call in over that side of town. Well, we've got show this was the season where we tried to create the political world and add that to the wire universe. Um, and it was necessary because only the political world could render a verdict, uh, maybe an inevitable verdict, on Colvin's, on, on the experiment that uh, the Western District Commander, on Colvin, uh, was going to undertake to legalize drugs. Um, and what, one thing I don't like about uh, traditional television drama is when... There's somebody who their motives aren't examined and they're really not they're not really not there in the story except to render a verdict. They're just the big bad evil uh mayor or the big bad evil uh police commissioner and, and you're not really examining the forces at work on them. The wire goes to great pains, great pains to, to try to make everybody's motives and humanity the word from on uh, high is that felony rates district by district will decline by 5% before the end of the year. We are dealing in certainties. You will reduce the UCR felonies by 5% or more, or... And I've always wanted to say this. Let no man come back alive. <laughs> in addition, we will hold this year's murders to 275 or less. Christ. Feeling a little phased, Colonel Forster? A little dyspeptic? This who? No, sir. I'm good to go. <laughs> Here's a fun fact for you people. If Baltimore had New York's population, we'd be clocking 4,000 murders a year at this rate. That's there true. is no excuse I will accept. I don't care how you do it. Just fucking do it. Uh, Deputy, as uh, familiar as we all are with the urban crime environment, uh, I think we all understand there are certain uh, uh, processes by which you can uh, reduce the number of overall felonies. You can 
uh, reclassify a nag assault, or you can have found a robbery. But uh, how do you make a body disappear? There I once had a uh, room who isn't here somebody in law enforcement say to me there are damn lies, there are lies, damn lies, and police statistics. You will shut up and step up. Any of you who can't bring in the numbers we need will be replaced by someone who can. That is all. Wow. I'm, sc I'm scared of him. and He's like in the TV. I was six months, about 30. I'm out the door in a major's pension. The hell they can do to me. You know? Fashion question on that on that uh, track suit he's got on, that, that blue velour, whatever that thing is. Yeah, that's something he had in his closet before he went to, uh, to prison. Yeah, fifteen uh, years will do a lot to you, yeah, fashion wise. Went to grandma's basement, and that's <laughs> what was there. <laughs> Cutty's so cool; it hardly matters. That's right. We got fruit in the Kangol. Any other uh -huh. bright ideas? How about a bug? A bug? Yeah, bug one or two of the big corners where these mopes hang. I'm watching those corners over on Ashley. Ah, here's the donut scene. Yes. Will she eat the donut? We had to, we had to pay her a lot to eat the donut, actually. We had to pay her. She doesn't really eat the donut. We scripted that, we scripted that, we scripted that Perlman was going to eat the donut. See how she was yeah. caressing it. She had decided that no donut would pass her lips. All right, we've come away. A normal person would have taken a bite of that donut in this time. No shot. Yeah, maybe a sip of coffee first. There's other fish in the barrel, McNulty. String is the target. There isn't a better fucker out there. You know it, Lieutenant. Don't you let him go soft on this. She never it's took you a bite of that the world. Not rich. What the fuck did I do? <laughs> That's the 11th time that line's been used by McNulty thus far. Step the fuck off, motherfucker. You got a need. hat and that jogging suit. There's a lot of fashion violation going on here. Yeah, and the hat was just, just an accident because uh, Brandon Fobbs plays a another one that people confused with other actors. Right, there was a worry that there was a worry that since he was being he and Marlo were being introduced in the same episode, we should give one a hat. G Pat. Well, why not sell that shit your own self? And I just came home. I'm trying to get my ass violated. Now it'd be such a trendsetter. Yeah. Even split. Shit. It's all profit to you. Risk mine too. What make you think I ain't on paper or some shit? 60-40. Cool. Give your shit to my boy. He good with it. Then come past tonight. All right. I'm one last item for you, Janice. Okay. Perfect Baltimore accent. The real Jay Landsman is Dennis Mello. Listen to this accent. This is beautiful. <laughs> Seriously, no off-duty drinking on the station lot. And if you do find yourself holding a beer can, don't throw it on the roof. Poetry. Take it home with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man, we don't talk that funny down here. I don't know why you say so. Damn. All right. 
Get out of here. The rest of you people sound ignorant. Don't get captured. Jay was one of the original detectives in the homicide book. He's, he's, he works in Baltimore County now as a supervisor. Nothing, make the papers. All right, career, career police officer. The major gets in. If you need me, hit the radio. Distribution? Possession. And some loitering. Loitering? And behaving like assholes in the presence of sworn officers, boss. Which is a charge in Baltimore City now. By the way, the drug war in Baltimore now has uh, degenerated to the point where last month 8,900 uh, citizens were arrested, a third of which were let go immediately upon being deposited by the wagons at Central Booking because there was no probable cause. Um, that's what that's what we've gotten to. So in some ways the scenes with Carver and Herc were prescient when we, when we filmed them. Melty just can't leave it be, huh? No, he can't. Look at that. Going back into our earlier episodes. We should just send him the box set. We should send him the DVDs. True. I love these things. I love Colvin. Just, you know, a 30-year man looking at what's happened to his district. I love Robert Wisdom's performance here. It feels like Martin Scorsese. It feels like uh, Bring Out Your Dead. Little scenes like. Marty, we stole your playbook for a minute, okay? Midnight relief coming in. There's a little subtle reference to Wallace. That's right. If you're watching The Wire, you have to go back and you have to rewatch every episode five or six or seven times. There's nothing else to be done but just to buy all the DVDs. Buy one for each and every member of your family and just continue and continue to review. That's right, because any character could come back at any time. You can't possibly watch our show. Even the ones that are dead. Right. They can come back in photograph form and you don't know who they're looking at. Everything connects. It all matters. That's right. We try to teach, and yet they don't understand. There's another one. Oh, look. D'Angelo. Yeah. You didn't know who that one was if you didn't watch season one. Oh, look, his name. Who is that man? I better go get season one. Several copies, in fact. One for every one of my television sets. got rained on a little on this episode, didn't we? What does that do to your life when it rains? Well, actually, I think it rained earlier in the, in the evening is what happened, and then it stopped raining all of a sudden. But um, the nice fireman from around the corner came and helped us out with uh, the water truck. And gave us a wet down? Yeah, very nice. Uh-oh. You see? That 
Man standing. The fuck you looking at? Woman on knees. That is the international symbol for uh, a blowjob. What you want to go? I had trouble explaining that, didn't I? Because originally we filmed the scene. You did. Somebody wanted the guy sitting down. Sitting on a stoop. Who would sit on a stoop? He wanted sitting on the stoop and the woman kneeling over. And we wanted that to be. And we wanted to do a backlit. We really didn't want to show it. We weren't trying to be. And you couldn't tell what was going on, could you? Because it's not the international symbol. If you were going to put oral sex on a traffic sign, it would have to be guy standing up, woman on knees. And how could it be the international symbol when, when you're the only one that understands it? I'm not the only one that understands oral sex. Well, that night it was. Well, apparently, yeah. I couldn't convince them to shoot it. So we had to go back and reshoot that, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, extra film. And your Cuddy realizes there's no sense of honor anymore. No. You just want to get me off that subject, don't you? <laughs> Somebody has to. Nice try. Now you know we're still living with it this season, actually. It never <laughs> goes away. <laughs> this is just a horrific moment. Spider bags. Two gets you three. What? You up? Spider bags. Two gets three. One male. Date of birth when the enemy is walking up to your vehicle and attempting to thrust drugs through the window, you have lost the drug war. I feel bad for I do. He's going to go do something crazy. I just feel it. Anyway, thanks. Hope we weren't um, flipping or stupid. We, we wanted it to sound really smart and dry and witty and urbane. Didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> you know, throw me a bone. Jesus. A lot of actors in this show. Yeah. A lot of, lot of tourists, isn't it? I like our credits this year. We finally got the end credits right, didn't we? Yeah. Looks like it, it's the show now. That's what, that's called The Fall. That's by Blake Lay. The, uh, everyone keeps asking what the end song is yeah, and where they can Blake get Lee. it. You can't get it. We're not letting mm-hmm. you have it. Only we can have it. We go home sometimes and we just listen to the, the end theme for hours on end. Over and over. We laugh because only we have it. All right. We're done. <laughs>